God, just thank you that you're a good God, that when we lay our lives at your feet, that's when we actually find life, abundant life, what it's all about, fulfillment, satisfaction, meaning, purpose. It's only found in you. So here we are, Lord, presenting our lives to you. Not just bringing an offering, but being an offering. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. God bless you. So good to see you this morning. If you're wondering about the flashing lights, it is not something new. <laughs> it is out of our control. There's a shortness system, so don't be looking at our light guy saying, what are you doing? Trying to give me a seizure? No, he's not. He's, he's, trying, to, <laughs> he's trying to do his job. He does a great job at it. But we, you know, anytime you have electronics, you got glitches. And so, uh, but it's kind of neat still. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like it. But anyway, last Sunday, uh, we looked at John chapter 15. And in John chapter 15, I love John 15, it talks about uh, the vine and the branches and how in Christ Jesus, he brings fruitfulness out of our life when we are connected to him. And so in that passage, John chapter 15, over and over and over and over again, it says abide, to abide in him, to abide in him. And in fact, in John chapter 15 and verse 9, it says, as the father loved me, I also have loved you. Now, how big do you think God the Father's love is for Jesus? Anybody with me? I'd say it's pretty big, right? God the Father loves God the Son big time. Amen. He loves Jesus big. Now, this little word A-S, as, Jesus says, as the Father loves him, so he, Jesus, loves you and me. As big as God the Father's love is toward Jesus, Jesus' love toward you and me, his children, it's that big. And it's just like that. That's impressive. Amen. And this is why Jesus says, as, as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. What is it to abide in Jesus? Abide in his love. Continue to remain and reside in the understanding that my Jesus loves me that big. That much. And then Jesus later on in, in chapter 17 says, and as the Father loves me. So Jesus is saying, in the same way that God the Father loves God the Son, he says God the Father loves us. That's a lot of love. I can understand how God the Father would love Jesus that much. I cannot understand how God the Father can love me that much. And I really don't understand how he loves you that much, because I know you. So anyway, <laughs> no, but, but can you imagine that God loves, I know you care, Harris. Can you imagine that God loves us that much and that Jesus loves us that much? This is the measure of abiding. So I need us to understand, as I looked at this last Sunday, abide in him. What does that mean? So today we want to look at what will keep us from it. And what it is to abide in Jesus. So let's look at a few things that will keep us from abiding. If we, it, it's all a measure of what you look at. It's what are you looking at? You ever had anybody say, hey, what are you looking at? So what are we, that's my question to you this morning is what are you looking at? If you go to looking at the world, here's what Corey Tim Boom said. She, Corey Tim Boom, if you don't know who she was, she, there's a movie made about her life called The Hiding Place. I've seen a, a tree planted uh, at the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem and her family's name. The Tin Boom family 
were hiding Jews from the Nazis when they were caught doing so. And, and so good godly family, uh, Corey goes to a, a concentration camp, lived through it uh, by an act of God and was a mighty woman of God who spread, shared the gospel all over the world. And so she was an amazing woman and she said this, if you look to the world, you'll get distressed. If you look within, you'll get depressed. But if you look to Jesus, you'll find rest. Amen? That's good. I, I mean, uh, I could write that on my hand, just look at it every now and then as a reminder. When we look to the world, we get distressed. When we look within, we'll get depressed. But if we look to Jesus, we'll find rest. And so let's first talk about looking at this world. When we look at this world, we begin to think this thing's getting crazier and crazier every day. This world is going crazy. And I, if I, I don't even watch the news anymore. I, I, it just, it, it causes bad feelings to rise up. It causes blood pressure to rise up. It causes indigestion to rise up. So I just quit. And so if you go to look into this world, I'm going to tell you, and I can, we can get caught in it. We can start talking amongst our friends and, and start talking about what all is going on and the, 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 the high gas prices and we've not had rain in forever and there's fires popping out and there's danger all over and, and, the, and the crazy things that's happening gender fluidity and just wildness and guess what it didn't look like it doesn't look like it's letting up anytime soon and so if you go to looking at this world you start to think man have we are the wheels coming off of this thing well don't keep looking at that i want to remind you let's continue to look unto jesus amen Let's continue to look under Jesus. If we go to looking at the world, yes, it's going to cause us distress and, and cause us trouble. But here's another thing. It's just going to get worse. If you go to looking at the church, it won't do you much better. Can you hear me? If you go to looking at the church as a whole, you start looking at the church, you start seeing fightings and, and, and grumblings and you got left-leaning churches and you got, you got churches that, that I've known of up in Missouri that would protest soldiers' funerals and just make you want to just slap them. And you got all of this stuff going on and, and, and it's supposed to be the church and you go to looking at the church and you see some that are just failing. You see the, the, the numbers are dropping in some denominations and church. You go to looking at the church, it won't cause you much good feelings it causes you a lot of stress and so what are you looking at you're looking at the world doesn't get any better go looking at the church it doesn't get any better if you go to looking within the church if you start looking at one another here's what happens it's, uh, every day someone is telling me pastor as this church is growing don't you know the devil's going to attack no is that re for real <laughs> for real i mean like that's new news i hear it every day I promise y'all. Do you know what that begins to do? If you continue to listen to that, you know what that begins to do? Start looking at you. Start looking at you. Is it you? Is it you? Is it you? Are you the one that's got a demon on his shoulder? Are you the one that's out to get us? Are you the sinister person who's going to come? See, this is the problem. We go to looking at each other sideways. What, what's your motive? What's your motive? Why are you here? What's, what's going on with you? Are you going, are you going to crash this thing? Or what's going on? Let, don't do that. Can I encourage you, saint? Don't do that. Don't do that, Christian. We can, we can begin to get so focused on everyone's motive or mood. Here's the other part. Did you know that so-and-so didn't show up Sunday morning? I think they're upset with you, preacher. Well, they won't be the first one. <laughs> they won't be the last. I received a phone call. This has been a few years ago, so I think all the, the guilty parties are dead, so I can tell this story. So... <laughs> 
I had a woman call me up on my cell phone, and I would love to find out who gave her the, my number. But anyway, she called me up. She said, Preacher, do you know those two friends I brought to church? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you didn't shake their hand Sunday. Really? She said, they're not coming back to church because you didn't come shake their hand Sunday. Well, she caught me at a bad time. I said, sister, if that's all it takes to keep them out of our church, we don't want that kind of Christian. Just in case you were getting upset because I didn't shake your hand when you came in. <laughs> that's to let you know how I feel about that. But anyway, I said, if we go to thinking about everyone's mother, everyone's mood. If we get concerned about, oh, are they upset? Are they upset? I cannot be concerned about what you think. I can only be concerned about what Christ thinks. I cannot be concerned about what society around me thinks. I can only be concerned about what Christ thinks. Amen. And so if that's the, say, if that's the case for this church, it's also the case for my family. It's also the case for me personally. And it's also the case for you. We can, we can get ourselves in a pickle when we go to looking around. We go to looking at this world. I'm going to tell you what our church values is. It is this. We will be a thermostat, not a thermometer. We will be an influencer of the climate around us, not an indicator of the climate around us. What, what am I saying? I am not going to let society make me change who I am or what I believe to fit what society says. I am going, and, and I'm not just going to try and buckle down and say, oh my goodness, we just got to hold the fort. We got to hold the fort. No, we got to change the world around us. Amen, Christian. We can't just sit back and say, oh, we're just trying to hold on to our church. We're just trying to hold on to our faith. The best defense is a good offense. Amen. And so if we're going to just trying to keep from being influenced, there's a lot of churches that have been doing that for some time, and they're crashing and burning. They, they, they say, well, we just need to, we're just trying to preserve this church or trying to preserve this denomination, trying to preserve this faith. Well, it won't take long on the defense. You will begin to shift with the, because what you're looking at is the society around you. Even though you're trying to say, we're not going to change, you will. You will. Why? Because you're focusing on something that's always changing. And even though this thing is moving like this, and you're saying, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Guess what you're doing? You're moving with it. You're moving with it. And so what we must do is focus on the immovable one. Amen. I'm telling you the truth. We got to focus on, even though this is doing that, when I get out on a fishing boat, and, and uh, sometimes we get out away from shore, and, 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 you, and you can't see the bank. And, and sometimes it starts to make you feel a little woozy. Why? Because you begin to focus on everything that's moving. Let me just tell you a little story. I've told it before, but it's been a while. So. We, were, we, were, uh, we were on a cruise. We've got to do two of those things. Those are cool. I mean, your, your food goes with you. It's awesome. Get up at 2 in the morning and go have pizza and ice cream. I mean, it's, it's bad for the physique, but it's good for the belly. So we get up, and we're going to go on a little snorkeling trip. And so we're out there. It's the first time we've ever snorkeled. And uh, we were in Belize. And, uh, and they get the little vest on, and, and you can blow up your little life vest. You get the gear on, and we jump out of the boat, and, and, and we're in the waves. And, and so you see the boat, you don't see the boat. You see the boat, you don't see the boat. And you know you're a long way from land. And, and so we're out there, and, and, and Christy, she's, she's starting to panic a little bit. 
She started to get a little scared. One of our buddies already got out of the water and got back in the boat. And I'm like, man, I paid big bucks for this thing. We, I'm going to get the good out of it. And so <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm looking down and, and I look up at her and she's beginning to panic. And I said, babe, just, just look, look into the deep. Just look down. See, what happens is when you're in the waves and you're looking at the, the moving and you are the moving, it begins to disorient. And I'm getting a little sick just thinking about it. <laughs> but when I said, just, just look down. All of those nerves, when she put her face in the water and she became one with the wave, it just was looking at the deep, just stopped. Just became peaceful. When we're looking at the moving world around us like a merry-go-round, it's going to make you nauseous. Look at the immovable one. Look unto Jesus. This standard has not changed even though society has. Amen? And, and it's those who want to throw off this standard. That's the churches that are crashing and burning. That's the denominations that are crashing and burning. Those that are trying to change with society, they're the ones whose numbers are plummeting. I'm going to tell you, those that stay true to this word, their church numbers are rising at a drastic pace. Promise you. Promise you. Quit looking at the bad stuff. Start looking at what God is doing. Amen? So if we look at the world around us, it's troubling when we look at the church as a whole it's discouraging when when we look at each other as if you're all suspect and we, we got trouble on our hand you know satan people are so correct they're exactly right when they say oh the devil's at work he's going to try and sabotage that's right that's exactly right and that statement alone is exactly what i'm talking about i'll start telling y'all that every sunday be on the lookout Devil's trying to snatch you. He's trying to snare you. He's trying to, he's trying to sabotage you. You will begin looking at everybody and everything as if they are suspect. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's how the wheels come off of this. That's how that happens. So look at the world. Look at the church as a whole. We start looking within the church. Then we start looking within ourselves. We'll start looking within ourselves. We get depressed because, man, I should be farther along in my faith by now. Why am I still tripping over the same things over and over again? Why am I continuing to fail? I should be more mature as a Christian. Why do I still have the same hurts, habits, and hang-ups that I had when I first got saved? Why am I not better by now? Start looking to yourself. You start looking inward, you'll start looking downward. Introspection leads to depression. As long as you continue to look at you, you begin to, there's two things that happen. You'll get, you'll get lower or you'll get higher. And pride is worse than depression. Here's how it works. It starts working in reverse. I said, don't look at the world. Don't look at the church as a whole. Don't start looking at each other. And then when we start looking within, it starts going in reverse order. I start looking within. I say, hey, I'm actually doing pretty good right now. I'm actually, I've got some, I got some wins backed up. Now I start looking at you. I'm doing a lot better than they are. I, I start looking around and say, I'm actually thinking I've got, man, I got this. Lord, you did real good when you saved me. You got somebody, you got a winner, God. You got a winner. Pride, pride, pride. It leads to what? That's exactly right. Pride leads to destruction. Pride leads... Said pride, a lot of people say pride goes before the fall. Pride goes before destruction. But we all, here's where it starts. It ends in destruction, but it starts with distraction. Can you hear me? 
it ends in destruction, but it starts with distraction. We start looking out there at the world. We start looking at the church as a whole. We start looking within each other. And then we start looking at the end. It's all distraction. And Satan has weapons of mass distraction. But what, what, what is it that we need to be looking to? Unto Jesus. We need to look unto Jesus. I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And crazy thing about Hebrews chapter 12, it follows chapter 11. Believe that or not, it does. And Hebrews chapter 11 is called the Hall of Faith. And it is many Old Testament saints who did it right. And, 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 and some didn't do it right. And yet, because they put their faith in Jesus, the, the, the Jesus to come, it's Old Testament, they came through and they have made it into the hall of faith, Hebrews chapter 11. Now we get to chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so it says, we got people all around us watching us. Now theologians have been wrestling over this verse of scripture for a long, long time. And, they, and here's kind of what some have come to describe. As we've got the saints of old, like it's a, like it's a, a stadium. And the saints of old are, are in the seats, and they're looking down on us Christians, and they're saying, you keep running that race. You're doing a good job. Some people think, well, maybe it's my grandma and my grandpa, and they're watching me run this race. Probably not, but th if, if that'll help you, whatever. I, I remember when my grandpa uh, died, and he was a hero in my eyes. And I remember messing up thinking, can grandpa see this? I remember thinking, no, there's no tears in heaven. <laughs> so I don't want him to see what I was doing. I'm going to tell you what I believe this is. It is not a reminder of all of those that are looking at you. It is a reminder of who you need to be looking at. Look in verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Are you with me? Quit looking at the world and said, oh, this thing's about to crash and burn. Quit looking at the church. Oh, we're on a sinking ship. Quit looking at each other. Are you trying to sink me? Are you trying to sink this? Are you, try, are you out for my destruction? Are, are you demonic? And stop looking within saying, am I demonic? Why do I keep failing? Why do I keep failing? You're looking at the wrong person. You're changing. The world's changing. Everything's changing. Look to the unchangeable one. Amen. Look unto Jesus. Now look at what it says. The author. You know what authors do? They write stories. And Jesus is writing your story. Marinate on that for a second. Jesus is writing your story. And he will write the conclusion of your story. The author and finisher of our faith. Now let me ask you this. Who gets the glory in your story? I've sat through, I don't know, thousands of testimonies. And, and I've sat through people share their testimony. And, and this is how bad I used to be. And I could fight and I could cuss and I could out drink any of them. And, and I was just the baddest of the bad. And then one day I nearly died. And then I got saved and now here I am. That's a pathetic testimony. Pathetic testimony. Why? You got the glory in that story. You, you, what you're basically saying is, I could still be that bad. It's only God holding me back. That's bull. That's bull. You got the glory in that story. Who gets the glory in your story? Jesus is the author. 
and the finisher of our faith. Quit looking at the world. Quit looking at all the, start looking at Jesus. I want you to look with me to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Awesome passage of scripture. This is powerful. I hope you catch it. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. How did y'all get saved? I, I don't actually want to pull anybody up here and ask you to, but I'm going to tell you how you got saved. If you're saved, you did not get saved by finally doing enough good words that works that you tipped the scales in your favor and you finally got saved. You did not get saved by finally cleaning yourself up so well that now you're acceptable by God and, and, and now you got saved. You did not get saved by works. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, it says, is by grace you have been saved through faith. Not by your works. It's the gift of God. Amen. That's how you got saved. And what does this passage of scripture say? Just the same way that you got saved, you need to continue that salvation. You need to walk out your salvation the same way you got saved. And how is that? By faith. Did you get saved by faith and now you're getting sanctified by works? No. No. You, don't, you didn't get saved by faith and now you start looking at yourself and say, how am I doing? Now start looking at each other. How am I doing compared to you? No, I got saved by looking unto Jesus and I continue this salvation by looking unto Jesus. Amen. I, I hope to preach you happy this morning because I hope to take a big load off of you as, as I begin to tell you your salvation ain't based on you. It's not based on you. This is why I said abide in his love. When you fail, does he quit loving it is not abide in his love. That's how you become fruitful. When you begin to listen to the lies of the enemy or look to all the garbage around you, you begin to get queasy and, 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 and wishy-washy and, 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 and you will quit looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Abide in his love. I got more. I want you to look with me. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Who will complete it? The very one that started it. Not you. It don't all depend on you. Here's something that I read this week, and it, I knew this. I've known it for a long time, and it jacked me up. I just didn't think of it this way. Y'all listening to me? When the nation of Israel were rescued out of Egypt, they, go, they, they, they get jammed up. They got the Egyptians behind them. They got the Red Sea in front of them. And, and, and Moses is calling out to God. And God says, Moses, what are you doing talking to me? Let's get moving. Well, we've got a big Red Sea in front of us. Not a problem. God did not wait on them to get rid of all their idols before he opened up the Red Sea. They have idols in their hands. They have idols in their hearts. What I mean by that, we, we know that when they're on Mount Sinai, they're waiting on Moses to come down with the Ten Commandments. They're waiting on Moses. What do they do? They build an idol. Where did that come from? came right out of their heart. That's what they've been doing all these years. They, they had an idol in their heart, and so they, they built it with their hands. But also, later on, we see the passage of Scripture where, where God comes down heavy on these folks, and he says, you need to get rid of your idols. What? You still got those? I thought you left them in Egypt. No, 
I've seen them. I have seen the actual things. I've seen them in the, in the Museum of Jerusalem, these little trinket, little idols. By the way, a God that you can carry in your hand, he can't carry you in his. That just kind of came to me. That ought to be on the Facebook or something. That's pretty good right there. <laughs> but they had idols, and he still opened the water. And you're still beating yourself up because you still got a few in your hands. But focusing on yourself. How am I going to get rid of my idols? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Abiding in his love. Amen? I'm telling you, look to Jesus. I know this is no new news for probably, probably for any of us. But it's the best reminder I can give you. When this world is spinning out of control, when your emotions are off the Richter scale, when you, when, when you are concerned and, and, and worried about this and that and other, just look to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Just look to Jesus. He, he, he don't change. He don't move. Here's what God says. I am God. I do not change. Amen? Everything else does. I am God. I do not change. Let us continue to fix our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Father God, we thank you that you are the unchangeable one. You are stable because you are secure. You're stable because you're secure. You know who you are. Lord, I pray that this morning, Lord, that we would fix our eyes on you, Lord Jesus. I'm reminded of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Lord, as we continue to follow you as our shepherd, it says in that scripture, your goodness and your mercy shall follow us. We don't have to go looking for your goodness and your mercy. We just need to continue to look at you. As we continue to look to you, Lord Jesus, your mercy and your goodness will follow us. Thank you, Lord, for that promise. Lord Jesus, you told us you are the good shepherd. Your sheep hear your voice and they follow you. Lord, let us follow you this morning and be listening for your voice. I pray that we would not be distracted by looking at the garbage of this world, the garbage of, uh, of, of what's going on around us, but begin to look unto the pure one, the perfect one, the immovable one, you, Lord Jesus. When we begin to get worried, I pray we look to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to remind y'all real quick, if you stand with me as we have this invitation. Uh, uh, just a quick illustration about looking to Jesus, our good shepherd. Our family was hiking through Israel. We was hiking from the city of Nazareth to the Sea of Galilee, backpacking through. We're going through these hills and there's these, it's just amazing, just hiking through Israel and there's a big old flock of sheep. I mean, it had to be over 100. Sheep everywhere. Not a person. I'm like, Where, what's going on here? All these sheep just wandering through these trees. And there's my little family we're walking through. And I said, I bet there's a shepherd up there somewhere. So we're, of course, walking past, faster than the sheep. They're grazing. And sure enough, as we keep walking, there's this young man. He's 
by himself just walking he's letting the sheep graze through these trees and just reminded me you know what the number one character trait the best character trait that sheep have you know what the best character trait is they're good at following they're good at following because they were focused on their shepherd he's leading them there's a highway just a little ways down and he's leading them through and they're just perfectly peaceful perfectly safe as long as they can see their shepherd they're just moving through you know what the worst character trait of sheep is they're really good followers I don't know if y'all ever heard this. You're going to leave here and you're going to look it up on YouTube or something. A sheep tornado. I saw footage, and this occasionally happens. This flock of sheep is coming down this hill, and there happened to be a road as they're coming down the hill. And as they come, a car comes. And what it does is it turns the front sheep because the car comes. And guess what the front sheep starts doing? Start following the back sheep. And now you got a wad of sheep going in a circle. And they don't know how to quit because they just follow. That's what they do. They just follow. Christians, we were called to follow one. The good shepherd. Not each other. The good shepherd. I'm honored when people say, oh, look up to you. And please don't, though. Please don't. I don't need to be in that position. You look to the one I'm looking to. I'm looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of my faith. You look under Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. He's writing your story. Be one of those sheep. Man, I, I don't want to take my eyes off the shepherd. Amen. Amen. Maybe the Lord has indicated something in your life that is a distraction. It's an idol. And so as we come and we worship, I want to invite you to come lay your idol down. So I don't have it with me right now. Oh, you got it in your heart. If it, if it captures all of your attention and most of your affection, it's an idol. If you put all of your love on it or, or even a lot of it, it, it's an idol. What is it that is distracting you? Or maybe it's not an idol. Maybe it's an old wound that I just can't get past this. You know, a, a, a bitterness is the only thing, a grudge is the only thing that doesn't get better by nursing it continue to nurse that grudge it'll get worse and worse and worse would you give that to the Lord he, here's I'll close with this I know we'll probably show up and y'all just had to stand back there while I preach I'd rather them look at you than look at me so here we go I have never heard and I've been doing ministry for a long long time I have never ever heard one person say man I was so focused on Jesus that the devil came and blindsided me never heard that I've been in ministry for, I think we said, 28 years now. I've been pastoring here for next month. It'll be 19 years. I have never heard one Christian come along and say, I was so focused on Jesus, the devil came and blindsided me. I've heard them say, I was was doing so much playing that I got took out. I heard them say, I was so focused on my job, my career, that I, I got blindsided. I've heard them say all kinds of things, but I've never heard one person say, I was so focused on Jesus, I got blindsided by the devil. You know why? Because when we're looking unto Jesus, he's looking over us. Not only is he my savior, he is my defender. 
He goes before me. He, he protects around me. If I, I have never heard anyone or anywhere in the scripture, someone just said this recently, I'm like, that is so powerful. I've never heard of God reprimanding anybody, anyone for too much faith. You just had too much faith. You just thought too highly of me. <laughs> you just thought I was more powerful than I am. What? You're God. No, God never reprimands anyone for too much faith and he won't recommend, reprimand you for too much focus. In fact, you don't have to worry about getting blindsided. He will be your protection. He will be your shield. You'll be so sensitive to the Lord when something sinister comes along, you'll know it. You'll know it. You'll be so sensitive to the purity of the presence of God and the power of God when something comes that is against that, you'll know it. Don't worry about it. Don't be so focused on catching that stuff before it gets to, Just keep your focus on Jesus. Amen. Amen. I might get to preach it if I ain't careful. Let's, let's worship. As God moves you, you move. As He calls you, you respond. <laughs>